0: Tonight's focus is going to be on what, uh, what God is doing here uh, in Arkansas. Uh, God is doing some great work here in terms of the PCA and church planting. Uh, when I moved from Georgia um, and came to Arkansas, honestly, I was surprised. Uh, in uh, Augusta, Georgia, which is smaller than Little Rock, there was, I think, seven or eight PCA churches, and for some reason, I expected that to be the case here in Arkansas because I figured Arkansas is still the south, right? I mean, we're still the south here, right? It's, it's kind of a transition state, but yeah. Um, and um, uh, I was told that there was about seven or eight in the entire state uh, PCA churches. And I was just kind of surprised by that um, because I figured the, the PCA is very strong here in the south. That's why whenever we have our general assembly, it's here in the south because that's where our churches are. Um, but um, God is doing great work here in Arkansas in terms of the PCA. And uh, churches have been planted over the last several years uh, with uh, a desire to plant even more. Uh, there is a, a work going on in Benton Bryant area with Chris Treat, uh, Kevin Hale who we'll hear about recently planted in Conway, Ted is in Siloam Springs, um, uh, Hunter uh, this is Bailey uh, recently uh, planted in Fayetteville as well. Uh, there's desire to, to go to Jonesboro and uh, other places as well. So it's very exciting what the Lord is doing here in Arkansas in terms of the PCA. Uh, and we're really excited to, to get an update from these guys. Uh, tonight, uh, I think we're going to start with Ted. We're going to start with you first, right? No, all right, come on up, Ted. Uh, let me introduce you. Ted uh, um, has uh, planted a church uh, up in Salem Springs Uh, He was the RUF campus pastor at Arkansas for 10 years, 10 years, Uh, before that assistant at First President Jackson, if I read correctly, Uh, a graduate of RTS Jackson, uh, and um, uh, his wife is pregnant with their seventh child, so uh, we are glad that you are here. One of the reasons why his family is not here, uh, she is about ready to deliver, so uh, we completely understand that. So, uh, Ted, if you would, come on up and uh, introduce yourself and uh, tell us about what God's doing in Silent Springs. Thanks, brother. brother. I appreciate it.
1: And I really do (laughs) speak loudly. I really do speak loudly. Um, Very much appreciate being here. I think the last time I was here, and uh, I'm not good at keeping track of time, so some of you may know better than I, but seven or eight years ago, maybe while I was in the midst of RUF work, you all, and then again tonight. So thank you so much. Uh, I have felt well, warmly welcomed. I have been fed three of the best meals in one day I've had in a long time, and and I eat well, as you can imagine. Uh, so you're my kind of church. Uh, but thank you for your hospitality, and and my wife does send her greetings. Uh, we, have, um, we have six kids at home, uh, Joshua is 18, my twins, are, Daniel and Abigail are 16, uh, Caleb uh, is 14, Sarah is 12, Ben is uh, 9, and uh, as mentioned, uh, we have a caboose on the way, and at 32 weeks and at 43 years, my, my wife is not traveling as well as uh, she might otherwise, so, uh, but she sends her greetings and... Um, and uh, we appreciate your prayers for us, uh, not just in the ministry, but just for family life. Things are about to change dramatically. There was an elder in our church who, for years, because we had six, right? I mean, that's an enormous family, uh, who would look at my wife and, and just say, ah, the mother of multitudes. Yeah. And... Uh, And the Lord took uh, him home late in life uh, just this spring. And I don't recall that he had a chance to hear that uh, the multitudes are growing. But uh, we obviously believe in covenant evangelism uh, where we are. But uh, God's very good. It's blessed chaos uh, enough about that. Um, Let me tell you about Silo Springs. Why are we planting in Silo Springs? What has God been doing? And what fruit are we seeing? You have been partnering with us from day one, uh, financially and in prayer support. We thank you for that. So let me tell you what the Lord's been up to. Uh, First of all, why Siloam Springs, Uh, especially if you know anything about Siloam Springs. We're on the border with Oklahoma, 80 miles um, east of Tulsa. We're in a small uh, town of about 16,000, which at one time I've been told repeatedly by all kinds of people was in the Guinness Book of World Records for the largest number of churches per capita. And I've never been able to find that, but the impression certainly is, I still get this question, why another church in, you know, a small town, highly populated with churches kind of place? Well, uh, let me just uh, answer that question briefly. One reason is because we live in the United States of America, which is literally the fourth largest unreached uh, nation in the world. Because our population is so huge, and as miss- missiologists will tell you, uh, somewhere uh, around, and it varies in communities 70 to 80% of Americans are unchurched today. They may be de-churched, they may have a, a long history in the church, but if, if you pay close attention to your neighborhood, there aren't a lot of people flocking to churches, and especially gospel-believing teaching churches. There's um, and so we're, we are an unreached nation, uh, and uh, we are the largest English-speaking unreached nation uh, in the world. Uh, but um, in Siloam Springs, we've seen fifty percent population growth since two thousand. You know, it's it's, a, it's kind of a hub city for a very rural uh, communities, and you know there hasn't been anywhere near that in terms of the growth of churches. Of, Uh, growth in numbers within churches. Uh, There are literally thousands upon thousands of people uh, in my neighborhoods uh, who who don't know the gospel, don't know the grace of Jesus, uh, and don't have a church home or, for many of them, care to. Uh, So there's there's a real need. There's also thousands upon thousands of genuine believers in our community, uh, but who are undernourished, underfed spiritually, and... um, not that we have it all together or have everything to offer them, uh, but, but some of the places they're being fed don't uh, or no longer really communicate uh, the, the, the benefits of belonging to Jesus and what we have in him and his glory. So there's a, there's a great need. Uh, we love being there. Uh, more particularly why I'm there in part was because of my RUF experience. Uh, In 2002, we started at the U of A, RUF, and when I arrived, we actually had more JBU students from Silent Springs, John Brown University, small private Christian liberal arts school coming to Fayetteville to worship. than we had U of A students coming. uh, Some were coming 40 minutes, and others were coming five minutes. And so when we started the U of A, RUF, I also said, I'll do a college Bible study with you JBU students. And so for six years on Sunday nights, I went up to John Brown and taught a Bible study, and uh, students were very enthusiastic, and, and uh, the Lord worked. And I found myself time and again in a graveyard next to campus, walking the graveyard and just praying, Lord, uh, build a church here, uh, a church for students like these who are driving all the way to Fayetteville <laughs> uh, because there's more students like this but who, who aren't going to come to a PCA church in Fayetteville. Uh, I have since discovered that there, there's a woman... Uh, in Oklahoma, who's been praying 20 years for a church kind of like ours, uh, for the Lord to establish that. And and there's a long history of God's people praying, uh, and we're seeing the fruit of the answers to their prayers. Um, And so in going there and meeting students and discovering that a lot of college students, even at a small private Christian evangelical university, they don't understand the gospel. They don't appreciate the fullness of it. They, they haven't experienced the, 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 the sweet kindness of Jesus in, in all that we have in him. Um, there's a real need. There's a one of our opportunity. And there's a strategic opportunity. It's a small place and a small school, but we don't despise uh, the day of small things. And there's a real opportunity because of those students. Uh, because there are ministry majors and music majors and preacher's kids and missionary kids and international students from all over the world, some on full scholarship uh, from all over South America and students from Africa coming to JBU. There's a real opportunity to, um, as the Lord sees fit, send students back out all over the world, um, having had, hopefully, by God's grace, a good church home experience, uh, a home away from home for them. Uh, and that's what we want to be and uh, see that as a great opportunity. I I did just, to give you just an example of why I'm thankful to be there, Uh, just uh, about 30 minutes ago I received a text while I was eating dinner. Uh, One of our students who just got married this spring, and he'll be a senior and his wife will be a junior, uh, his his mom went home to be with the Lord, you know, and he asked us to pray, but he knew that he could ask his, his church home away from home Uh, to pray and so we're we're delighted to be there glad to be there let me tell you a little bit about some of the things that we've uh been seeing over time uh the fruit of our partnership as you have shared in this work with us and uh, certainly the fruit of what god has chosen to do and i'm going to give some of this in the words of my people okay uh so you can kind of hear it uh from some of our folks there's a young couple in our church uh with two little kids who um Uh, who who wanted you to know um, that that with a continual emphasis not on works of righteousness which we can boast in but on the righteousness of God given to us in Christ uh, they have grown to better love God and understand his love for them. Uh, Most of the people I deal with uh, from students on up don't appreciate the fullness of the gospel a lot of a lot of people appreciate that Jesus died for us so we could be forgiven for our sins but they don't see that he lived for us so that we can have an obedient righteousness before God that's not our own but that's given to us as a gift uh, so that we don't have to work for our righteousness or to establish it God accepts us as righteous in his eyes uh, but that actually motivates us to want to love and serve him all the more Uh, But people don't appreciate that. But that's a message um, that's really hopeful, especially from this guy who wrote this uh, to us. um, When he was laying in a hospital bed, having come down with uh, Guillain-Barre disease, which is a a debilitating disease that starts at the feet up and basically paralyzes you, and it can climb all the way up to your forehead, and you just never know how far it's going to go or how long it's going to last. And, and with this guy who on Friday was walking, on Saturday was stumbling, and on Sunday was, was paralyzed in a bed not knowing what would happen to his wife and his two little kids or himself. To be able to be reminded that he is righteous in Jesus and that Jesus lived for him and died for him. And therefore, this is not an expression of God's uh, hatred and wrath against him for his sins but that this trial is actually the expression of God's love for him because God disciplines his children whom he loves. Um, that if Christ has been punished for all our sins, past, present, future, all of them, then this does not mean God is punishing him in that way, taking it out on him what his sin deserves, but rather loving him and will love him through this, that God is for us and not against us in Christ. Um, and that message brings rest to the soul when, you're, when your body's paralyzed, and um, it's a privilege to do that. We had a 30-year-old mom uh, wrote me, and uh, she said, my hard heart has so far to go, I've been brought low and still fight the sickening feeling that I am such a wretch, which I've been blind to for many years and then too proud to admit. (laughs) But now I'm beginning to understand that it's okay to not have it all together and that the things that really matter are the matters of the heart. I mean, she's a perfectionist, and she's a guilt-ridden wife and mother, as most women, wife and mother I know, are. Live with a kind of sense of guiltiness (laughs) about not having done all that she ought to do. And she's realizing it's okay to... To, to know that about myself. Um, I need a savior and my savior loves me. Um, an older retired woman says, I want to thank you for helping me gain a, a, a more peaceful sense of my worth to God. He loves me more than I love myself. I can get pretty disgusted with myself at times. And that makes me wonder why he puts up with me. His love is so amazing I, I may have been able to. I may um, not have been able to truly wrap my mind around it, but every bit of assurance helps my peace. And uh, so, so thankful to to help people um, learn more of how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Jesus. Um, we're so we're seeing fruit in people's experience of the sweetness of Jesus. We're seeing fruit in their um, their embrace of the church. And the love and love for the church. I had a 50-year-old man uh, tell me, a man who's been an elder in the PCA for decades, um, who's now a part of our work, uh, tell me, I, I'm finally glad to be going back to worship uh, for the first time in a long time. Uh, the most common thing I, and that's because God is beating us in worship, um, the most common thing I hear from new members when I interview them about, what, you know, what's been going on and how's the Lord dealing with you, they say, we're just refreshed. We feel so refreshed here because of the gospel. Um, two John Brown University professors, a husband and wife team, uh, who actually uh, uh, met as kids in Fayetteville, both went to John Brown. Uh, eventually got married, went off did grad school, come back as professors at the university. Um, said, you know, we assumed that finding a church that kept first things first, <laughs> that kept the gospel front and center, that that would be easy to find, and we were wrong. And after looking all over uh, town, and I'm sure they didn't go everywhere. I'm not saying that there aren't churches preaching the gospel in them there are. But they just said we we came to Redeemer. Um, and, and they said, you know, you get that sensation uh, when, you, when you go somewhere and, into a group and you, fi- you feel like you're at home. Uh, they said, we feel like we're at home. Redeemer is a place where our God-instilled cravings are satisfied. The gospel is preached. God's word is treasured. Prayer is practiced. Genuine fellowship. Mutual edification. Love is exercised. And God is honored and worshiped and glorified. Um, and so we're seeing people really embrace the church, you know, most of the new people who come to us have no, you know, buzzwords, no reformed background, no Presbyterian background, uh, but they, they, they like our community and they like that they're hearing the gospel and being taught God's word. And so it's a lot of fun, um, to be able to kind of take people the next step in their spiritual journey and maturity, um, we have, a, we have a 65-year-old man uh, who's come back out of retirement to, to work uh, who's, who's been an elder in another place in another reform denomination for 30 years. Um, he's been meeting in a little group with myself and two other men uh, every month for the last three years to pray for the church, to talk with each other about our lives and our families and what's God's, what God is doing. He's on my advisory board not an elder at a church yet. We don't have our own elders governing our own church yet. But he's, he said to me he's never had in his life such close, intimate friends as he has found uh, at Redeemer. And, 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 and that's a tribute to the, the gospel, freeing us to be honest with each other, to struggle and share our struggles, to love each other, to engage and, and befriend one another. And so uh, we're seeing fruit like that. We, we have a mother in Israel in our church. I've seen JBU College seniors weeping on her shoulder as they say their goodbyes to us as they graduate and move on because she has loved them so well. And I think, uh, I think uh, one of the ways we've grown most in love and in fellowship is through mutual suffering. Uh, we've, we've buried... Uh, A mom of a teenager in in her 50s. Uh, She died of cancer. We did that in in March. Um, We have a woman with a a disease that basically tries to kill her while she's pregnant. And she's on her second pregnancy in the four years uh, that I've known her. And uh, people in our church, um, they're at her house all the time. Uh, helping watch her kids, helping make meals, helping do laundry, helping clean, helping to encourage her and lift her spirits. Um, she's doing much better with this round than the, the prior one. Um, we've, we've just, a, that gentleman who was flat on his back, in a small church of, you know, 20 to 25 families at any given one time, we've had some, some big events. As, as, as life hits us all, as your church has experienced too, it's been beautiful. Uh, to see people care for each other and serve one another. Um, uh, and then uh, the last thing I'll mention by way of fruit that we're seeing, and there's there's other things we could talk about is um, we're really encouraged uh, by the, some of the heart for missions that's being built. Uh, and uh, we don't take credit for all of this by any means, uh, but like this summer we've we've got four, Uh, jbu students who are regularly part of our our church uh, doing missions one's at a indian reservation new mexico one is doing camps uh, for kids he just wrote me the other day and said pray that my eight kids would know the love of jesus more and more Uh, so he's at a residential summer camp we've got a a girl serving in australia until december uh, with a mission organization um, we've got a, a girl in Romania right now with God's, For God's Children International that's helping with uh, orphans and uh, street children. And we've got a young couple in our church, and I, I hate to even say this out loud because I think it's actually going to happen, but they're phenomenal. He was a, just a recent grad student at John Brown. He, he got involved in our church, um, and they help us lead music like every other week, and they're just amazing, and everybody loves them. And, uh, but they're gonna go, Lord willing, to Costa Rica in January for a year of language, Spanish language training in preparation for uh, mission work uh, in that language. And um, so I, I actually, I, I hate to see that happen, but I love seeing things like that happen too. And, um, and, and being in a college town, I mean, we have another uh, couple that are grad students in counseling that have been with us since my RUF days. And they're getting ready to leave us. And so I always tell those couples, when you leave, pray the Lord doubles you, you know, with others. Uh, And I'd ask you to do that as well. Uh, Over the course of the last three years, we've been going out to work full time for three years. My wife and I just moved there two years ago. We've seen about 32 households be involved in the work. We have about 25 right now, which is about our largest group at any one time. And over the course of time, we've seen over 60 John Brown University students uh, involved, regularly involved in our church over the course of a year. And by regularly involved, I mean like 10 out of 15 weeks they're in public worship with us, uh, which is pretty regular for a college student. They are re- retreats, you know, breaks, they sleep in past 5 in the afternoon, whatever. Uh <laughs> You know, but there's always a cycle. Everybody's coming through, like with our UF ministers. Uh, they just keep leaving us. Uh, but we've but we've seen a good, healthy group. Uh, group and, and, you know, this fall, I anticipate we'll have 15 to 20. I'm hoping we'll have more than that uh, back with us this fall. Um, and so you can pray for that with us. Let me just give you a few prayer requests. Uh, certainly just pray uh, that we would continue to grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus. Uh, pray also for... The children and teenagers of our church who have not yet made professions of faith, uh, t- a public professions of their faith, uh, to really embrace Christ and his church publicly and boldly. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful. I think I'm going to see my 18 and my 16-year-old, and that's not being recorded, and I'm not telling them that. But I think we're going to see them join the church here publicly uh, in in the next month or so and I'm, I'm thrilled about that but you can pray for all my children but all the kids of the church pray for open doors of ministry in our community that we love our neighbors well and be bold with the good news and we're at the stage of church development that we're really trying to see uh, leaders seeing trying to see who God is raising up at leader as leaders future elders and deacons and other leaders and then trying to Think through how do we really train them for positions as in in the offices of the church, and so we'd ask you to pray for that. Uh, you could pray for our funding. Uh, I'm still a supported missionary, and I thank you for your support. And we're running about 600 bucks a month behind on, and I'm not worried about that. We have some money in the bank. Um, we're running about 2,600 bucks a month behind. Uh, if you don't count our outside missions giving in other words our core group has over the last few years gone from funding about by that I mean our congregation about 65% of the cost of the church to about 80% of the cost of the church I'm hoping to get to 85 or 90% by the end of this year and and the point is we want to be fully funded ourselves so we can do what you're doing which is helping to support works um, all over the place and be involved in church plants elsewhere so just pray to that end for us. Uh, that God would do that. Um, you know, we start back with JBU ministry. I'll lead a, st- a study with students this fall and disciple some students. We're starting up some youth ministry things. You can pray about all those things with us. And, uh, again, um, my world is about to be rocked. Uh, it's been a long time since I rocked a baby to sleep. Uh, and... Uh, Life is just going to change in great and wonderful ways. But, uh, yeah, you could pray for us about that.